You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. It's time to record episode 412 of the Geekiest Show Ever. And I think for this episode, I'm just going to sit back and relax. And oh, come on. And let you help. run with it. <laughs> I'm riding the mute button today, not only because I might have a roof inspection and set the dog off, but I was hoping I'd be able to hide my yawns because I'm so tired <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why I'm so tired. Oh, so I killed my mail app. I don't even know what to call this show. We're just gonna it's gonna have something to do with murdering the mail app on Mac OS. <laughs> it just I just killed it. I, let me begin by showing you what happened. So this is gonna be a little bit of a story of what can happen, what did happen, and what I ended up to what did I ended up doing about it to fix it, and I didn't end up calling Apple support. And I'll tell you why, because, I mean, I'm not saying I know everything. I don't. I don't know everything. The internet knows everything. And if you ask enough people, mm -hmm. you might try to figure it out, right? Uh, but I just, I, what I do know from experience in calling Apple support and also walking clients through how to do it is, you know, they kind of have their MO as to like what you should do. And... I like I like talk I like talking to the techs. I like giving them a challenge. <laughs> and I really was tempted to give them a challenge with this one because I could not find anything online. I mean, I searched for probably like two days and asked around online and I couldn't seem to find anybody that was having well, that's not true. I did find some people that seemed to be having this exact same problem. And the problem that happened was I was working with a client and they had a question about something to do with Apple Mail app. Now we're going to talk mostly about Apple Mail app. We'll probably go down a rabbit hole because that's what we do. Um, and they had a question about organizing their sidebar, the left sidebar. So if you're in, in your mail, well, let me just show you. Because the other thing that's really cool about this this podcast that we're recording right now is I almost think that in the future we should try to do some video, even though that's like extra work. And right now I, I'm not set up for it because the things that I'm going to be sharing with Elisa right now are, you know, personal. I don't really want to publish what's on my screen, but I'm showing Elisa just for the purposes of being able to talk about what happened and kind of walk her through the history of it. So what's cool about this is we are using FaceTime. We're not using, we haven't, when's the last time we used Skype? Do you remember? I want to say this is our third, third? episode. Yeah. That yeah. we're using FaceTime. Yeah. I mean, I guess Skype still has its applications, but I kind of wanted to streamline it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to use FaceTime. I'm happy to use like kind of what's built in here. So let me just move my microphone down a little bit because it's kind of in my way. All right. Um, okay, so I am, we're using FaceTime to record this and I'm also using the screen sharing in FaceTime. And the nice thing about it is, you know, we're not on a Zoom call, so we don't have like a 45 minute limit and uh, I can just share my screen with Elisa right now. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm gonna go into the mail app and show you what started the whole thing. <laughs> so the client had a question about, so this is kind of field notes too. So the, the client had a question about this left sidebar in Apple, Mare, in Apple Mail. And it was really kind of disorganized and it was confusing and they had multiple inboxes and things like that. And it wasn't 
matching up with what was on their iPhone. And this happens a lot. I mean, I've I've fielded this question many times. So this was not my first rodeo with this, which is kind of surprising why it got so borked. But what we ended up doing was we went up here to favorites. And I don't know if you have this set, like how you have it set up on your mail app. But in the favorites section, it's all the way up in the upper left hand corner. And it starts out with all inboxes, and then it has all mm-hmm. sent. Like, in, if this is just my example. I don't remember what the exact default was, but there's a remind me section, all drafts, flagged, and then I have some mailboxes that I added to that. Now, keep in mind when I say the term mailboxes, that's what Apple Mail refers to these folders. So you'll see a series of icons in the left sidebar. And the some of them have like, for example, the the inboxes for the in for all inboxes, they look like a little wooden box where you would put things uh, papers into. So they look like a traditional uh, analog inbox. And then the all sent has an icon that looks like a little paper airplane. And then remind me has a little clock icon and all drafts has a little page with the corner folded down. Flagged has a flag. Anything beyond that, if you set up a smart mailbox, like it comes with one called today and that has a little gear icon next to it. Um, All of the mailboxes that come with your email account, whether that's Google, whether that's iCloud, Microsoft Exchange, um, any of the, the mail service providers that you configure in your mail app, which is a client, it takes all of the server stuff instead of having to use webmail, and it makes it look pretty. I know everybody knows this, but it just kind of helps to process it so that people don't get confused because sometimes people do get confused about that. Like they don't understand what a client is. Uh, The trash, for example, is a little trash can. Junk looks like a little, um, one of those little plastic bins that you would carry that has a little X on it. Um, I think that's all of the icons that I see. And then everything else looks like a manila folder icon. It's, you know, it's whatever color you choose in your system settings. Mine's purple, of course. Why would it be anything no. else? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, some of the some of the folders I have, which again, they're called mailboxes. These are individual mailboxes. They'll have an arrow next to them because I have mailboxes nested inside of mailboxes. Okay, so you can nest things. So there's a very uh, hierarchical order to how you set these things up. And sometimes what happens over time is people aren't paying attention and things get added here or dragged here by accident, or they might be doing something with their mouse and all of a sudden they lose a folder. I can call it a folder because it looks like a folder, but I also mean mailbox. So I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. I've seen that happen where they're like, where did it go? And we go digging and here finds, it turns out that they accidentally dragged a folder into another folder. And that happens. I, I've done it by accident. Slip of the slip of the hand, you know. Uh, and so this can get really kind of junked up over here on the left sidebar. Now, the other thing, too, is like one time I helped a client where they were they were losing their ever loving mind because I'll show you. I'm going to demonstrate for you what happened See what happens when I'm, I'm clicking the little, it's called a disclosure triangle. It's a little chevron that points out to the right, little arrow. And when I click that to point it downward, it expands the, the mailboxes within that account. So if I click all of them up, you're left with just little gray, bold headers. And each of those headers represents 
an account. So I have my the MacMommy account, my iCloud, I have a shared Google, and I have a shared iCloud account. That's what I have on here currently. Of course, you all know that I do testing and I geek out on this stuff. So sometimes I might have other accounts in there. I might have a, a, a Hotmail or a Google or a, yeah, a different Google account for demonstrating things. Any of those accounts will then start to pile up in here. And so it can get really messy really quickly if you're not if you don't know how to navigate the interface. Then the other thing is, um, so like I said, a client was losing their mind because they couldn't, they lost their folders. You know, I get these kind of very ambiguous requests for help, like, you know, mail doesn't work. Okay, what about mail doesn't work? There's a lot of things that could mean that mail doesn't work. Or, you know, lost my mail, or can't find my folder, or, you know, something to that effect. And so uh, after asking some pointed questions, I finally got a description enough to say, oh, I know what's happening. You can't see the arrow, the disclosure triangle, to point it down because you can't see it until you hover over the header. Until your mouse pointer reaches that header, then that's when you can see a little plus sign and a little arrow to point down. But if, you're, if your mouse pointer isn't there and you don't know to look for that, then it's, it's lost on you, right? So that's, that's understandable. So if you hover and then you click the arrow, then it discloses, it, it uh, expands all of your nested mailboxes in there, okay? So we were, we were trying to say, okay, well, which one of these mailboxes, you know, or which, you know, five or however many you want, which ones are the most important that you want to be seeing up in the favorites? And so to get to that, what we decided to do was to take this favorites section and just click, right click on it and, and choose remove from favorites. Now I'm once bitten twice shy, so I'm not going to do that mm -hmm. <laughs> again. But uh, this is what I set out to do because I had them remove all the favorites so that they could just focus on what were the existing mailboxes. Are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at that favorites section, it was, it was completely cleared out. It said favorites, but there was nothing up there. And so then our plan was to then uh, systematically add back just the specific mailbox or folders that they wanted to see in the favorites section. And so we did that. And then that made sense. But then they were like, and, and I was too, I was like, okay, you know, let's put the all mailboxes in the all sent, you know, they wanted to have those two available. So that they didn't have to, you know, they could click one unified icon and see all of their inbox messages or one unified paper airplane icon and see all of their sent messages. Because it, it takes all of the accounts and puts them together in one place. Some people like to see them separated out. Some people like to see them all unified. But this way, it gives you a choice. And so we went to go put that back. And we were at the end of the call where, you know, they had to run to a meeting. And, you know, this always happens. And we run out of time. And so they were left with no favorites. And I said, okay, you know, I'll figure out how to get those back. Because at the moment, I didn't have enough time to go clicking it around. You know, it was like I, I knew how to do it. But I second-guessed myself because we were in a rush to end. And I knew that if I hovered over here and clicked the little plus sign, then you can see where it says add favorite. It says select a mailbox to add to your favorites. So you can add mailboxes one of two ways. You can either select it from the long sidebar list, you know, if you scroll down and say I wanted to add this one here. I can right click on it and then select add to favorites from the little um, pop out menu, right? But that's just for those folders. If you wanted to get these all inboxes and these all sent back, you have to get to it from up in the favorites plus sign. So you have to go all the way to the top, hover, 
wait for the circle with the plus sign to appear, click it, and then that's when you get this little window that comes out that says add favorites. Select a mailbox to add to your favorites, and then it says mailbox to add. Then this is where it tripped me up because if you notice, it's blank. There's nothing in this menu, and you wouldn't know that until you clicked on it. When I saw that at the time, I said, oh, you know, let's let's do this another time. I said, because that's going to open up a whole can of worms, because then at the time I thought, well, then it's going to show us like the other accounts. And it was it was just it wasn't something that I felt at the time could be done very quickly. That turned out to be wrong. But at the time I thought, oh, you know, this might this might lead us down another rabbit hole because <laughs> and, and that's true. Like that happens all the time. And so we tabled it then. After I hung up the call, I was like, I know this is really easy. I just had to practice it first and take a screenshot of it so that I could just, that was my plan. Then I was like, okay, I know I can do this, but I wanted to make sure that I gave the person the correct instructions that I didn't lead them down the wrong path, right? And that's typically what I do because I'll eat my own dog food. I'll go and then I'll take, I'll, I'll practice it on my system and then I'll take a screenshot of it and then I'll email it to them and e- email that to the client and like, okay, you know, three clicks and, and we're done problem solved, right? Well, so that's what I went to do. So that's the that's the the backstory. That's the setup for where it all went wrong from here. <laughs> and and this is why I that's why I want to tell you all this because it just blows my mind that this is what borked everything. So I went to go like this. I went to click on the plus sign. I saw this and I thought, oh, okay, I remember this now. If I click here, yeah then that's where I can, so this was this was not grayed out, this was available. Okay, I can click all mailboxes. And then I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to make the screenshot now. And so I arranged my windows and I had it all set up to where I was gonna start to take pictures. And then it's not present anymore, but at the time there was something in this list that said, um, this mailbox doesn't exist. And all it had was instead of like where it would say, uh, say I wanted to add uh, my funnies mailbox folder or something, it would say uh, a quotation, like an open quotation and a closed quotation. That's what was present in this list. And of course, me being the curious cat that I am, I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) I clicked it and then it, it started to beach ball. And I thought, okay, you know, it's it's hunting for it, but eventually it's going to select it. And then it never did. And that's the last time I saw my mail in my old user account. Can you believe that? Isn't that just mind-boggling? So I'm trying to... Yeah, wrap your head around that. So it sounds like you chose a folder, but not the mailbox that held the folder. I wish I had a screenshot of that actual thing. Um, let me go back through my screenshots and see if I can show you. Because I did, I was trying to take screenshots as I was going. Now, I don't think I have anything historical that would show. Um, okay, so let's yeah. look at that one right there that you have up. Yeah. So let's say the folder that you have for business, mm-hmm. which if you had opened the disclosure button and let's say there was one called Elisa. Mm -hmm. If you put in the folder called Elisa without doing the business folder, would that work? Um, I don't think so because you have to, you have to select it. So for example, if I go up here and I click here, 
So let's let's just do that. If I were to go to business and pretend this one was called Elisa, mm-hmm. you have you know it's already nested for you, right? But so I'm saying is, if you had clicked on that to add mm-hmm. to your favorites, would it mm-hmm. work without having the business folder first? Yeah, because if I go like this, see now it shows up over there. Okay. So it does work. I see, I see what I understand the question you're asking. Um, I think just I just don't know where that weird open quotation, closed quotation thing came from. And I mean, thankfully, it's not present because if it was, I would have a heart attack. I'd be like, oh, my God, there it is. And so luckily, I don't see that anymore. See, now I can take this and say remove from favorites and it's fine. Um, but this this menu here is where it really tripped me up. I think I think I clicked on something else just because I can't remember at the time what I was doing, but I remember thinking I was going to use, you know, whatever selection as an example to start making my screenshot and saying, here, if you want to do this, you do this, right? Or, you know, here's how you get, say, the all trash back into the favorites. Um, but it was there that I guess I did that. I clicked okay and it was fine. And then when I went to click it again, then that's where I saw that really bizarre, this, I think it said, this mailbox doesn't exist. Like in a message, like see where it says, select a mailbox to add to your favorites. It was like, it was there. I selected it. Uh, Right now I have selected um, all trash as an example, but it, it said in this little uh, what we call that in, in this little menu item in the drop down yeah. yeah the drop down menu the title of it didn't say all trash or one of the existing mailboxes it said this it's it had an open quotation mark and a closed quotation mark and above it it said this mailbox does not exist and of course i clicked okay <laughs> because i was like oh yeah let's just find out because <laughs> i'm from the f around to find out generation right <laughs> And so I did that, and then that's when, yeah, that's when I murdered it, and it my mail became deceased, and that was the last I saw of it. And then I went down the long, painful rabbit hole of trying to get it back. Now, all of the conventional wisdom on the internet said, oh, delete your plist files. Sure, you know, of course, like the, so I'll go back to my finder and show you what I started to do to troubleshoot it. So of course, first thing I did was I ran um, first uh, first aid on the Macintosh HD. Um, let me back up one second. So when it when I say it died, when it it just stopped working, first I saw a spinning beach ball when I selected that that mysterious mailbox that didn't exist, and then it crashed. And then when I went to click the mail icon again, uh, I have my dock icon set to show me a little black icon under each one that's that's uh, running in the background or open or available. Right. And the little black dot would briefly show and then disappear. That's when I knew I was in trouble. I was like, uh-oh. And then just a second or two later, then the crash dialogue came up. And I thought, okay. I thought, all right, you know, I selected something erroneously. No big deal. You know, I'll just delete a, a plist file or something. But I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll do this first. So I ran first aid. It said everything was fine. Um, I think there was, there was like one or two things, but nothing like concerning. Because, you know, you see that stuff all the time. Then I thought, okay, what else are they going to say? They're going to say booted into safe mode. So I did that. Problem persisted. 
uh, verified. And then I these, so the, here's an example of mail quit unexpectedly, problem report for mail. And the interesting thing was usually you can say, okay, provide any uh, steps necessary to reproduce the problem in the comment section. So I did, I said, you know, I tried to add, I tried to add back the favorites, the default favorites mailboxes. That's what got me into trouble. Uh, and, but it didn't say like send report. Never did it say that. So I thought that was strange. And I just kept getting these, you know, crashes. And then I thought, okay, all right, let's do this. So I went into my internet accounts and system settings and I just turned off, I disabled all the mail accounts. I thought, okay, you know, that should fix it because if one of my, I, could, I couldn't remember at the time, I think it might've been my, my business Gmail, I'm not sure, but whichever one of them was causing a problem, I thought, well, I'll just take it out of the equation, right? I'll just turn these off. So then you can see in this screenshot that I'm showing you under my internet accounts and system settings, I only have the calendars um, enabled. I And I deactivated the one in my demo accounts. So I thought, okay, you know, this, this should fix it. Still got a crash, still got a crash. Then I started looking up, you know, I started Googling for, you know, how to troubleshoot this, found a couple of people that with similar questions. A lot of them were much older. There, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of, really current knowledge on the situation. You know, you're you're looking in an Apple support forum and it's like from 2012. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. this has always been an issue. Like people will always have this issue like till the end of time probably. And it just is. I mean, it's just, it's 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 the cost of doing business, right? So I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go start looking at what kind of P lists I can, I can clear out. So I started doing that and, you know, someone said, okay, go and get uh, this, um, saved application state and com.apple.mail.save state. So I blew those away. You know, of course, I was making backups of all this stuff. Um, that was, in fact, one of the first things I did. I thought, okay, something has worked. I know from just doing it so many times for clients and for myself over, you know, in history, that you can, it's it's okay to just delete your, your mailbox account from your system settings, and then just, you know, quit it, reboot it, re-add it. You know, it's just more of an inconvenience because you have to wait for all those 60,000 messages to redownload, right? As long as you didn't save them to your Mac. Because I do have have a folder of certain things that I have saved to my Mac because I know they're mostly receipts that I paid a bill and that I'm going to delete six months from now. Okay, so that's like your workflow. You, You do download them off the server you keep them on your Mac and then and then you process them and that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I yeah, don't and they're the do kind it that of way email, just, yeah. yeah. But they're the kind of emails that if something happened and I lost it, no big deal. Okay. Whereas something of more importance I keep on the server. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's important to remember that, you know, these are IMAP, I M A P. Um, as opposed to pop, like back in the old days. And I know some people, there's still a few people that, that choose to do it this way, and they have their reasons. Um, but we used to be set up with pop, P-O-P. And that just meant right. that, and this was before, this was in the before times where we didn't have all of these, you know, iPads and iPhones and all these other devices or, you know, people using a device for work and a device for, for personal and that sort of thing. Um, that was from back in the day when we just had a computer that was connected to the internet with an, you know, Ethernet cable, maybe even like a dial-up modem. <laughs> and we just downloaded our mail and that was it. It didn't, we didn't have to sync it to any other device. And like I said, some people still do that, but that's that's not typical these days. You usually use IMAP. So that's just to say that there's there's no problem with just 
you know, if you're having a problem, just delete your, your account and then put it back again. The only time it's critical is like, say, for example, in this household, let's say my kids downloaded a bunch of games and we were like at the edge of our data cap, then that's probably not the time I want to be downloading 80,000 emails again, even though they might not take up a lot of space because they're text files, but sometimes they have attachments. And depending on how you have it configured, you might have it set to download all of your attachments. So it, it just can be time consuming is all. So, uh, so I disabled the accounts before deleting them. Then I went out to, you know, I, tr I tried to do this like systematically, like, okay, how much work do I really want to make for myself? Because I could have just blown it away and like re-added it, right? But except that I couldn't because I couldn't get the mail app to even launch. And just doing it in system settings didn't seem to have any kind of impact on it. I even went so far as to remove those accounts from the internet accounts in the system settings. And that didn't do anything. Is it like everything, every piece of advice that I got either, you know, from articles, from, from historical forums, or from, you know, there were several helpful people over on Mastodon that tried to help me out. And that was great. Um, you know, I just kind of felt like I was feeling validated, like, yeah, that's really crazy. That's, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, so I, you know, I got some, some good advice there, but a lot of it was like stuff I'd already read. And um, that's just to say that other people have experienced these kinds of things. So kept getting crash reports. Then I finally did, which one was it? Um, it was, it was a, another one that I don't have a screenshot of yet, but I did delete some kind of envelope P list of some sort. There was a series of, en they had envelope in the, in the name. I do have a screenshot later, but then once I did that, I was able to get this message where it says message import, welcome to mail. It says to use the new features in mail, your existing mail messages need to be imported into the new version the first time you use mail. So this is like, this is a welcome screen. I thought, okay, this is promising. It says this might take a few minutes. You won't be able to use mail until the import is finished. Click continue to import your messages now or click cancel to import later. So of course I clicked continue. And then I did that and I got this a couple of times and I st it still crashed. In fact, it would actually give me a progress bar that made me hopeful thinking, oh, yes, it's going to work. It's going to work. I'm going to be able to like share with my friends that, yeah, I fixed it. And no dice. It did not do that. Um, let's see. What, what else did I do? Then I kept doing that. Somebody asked me about crash reports. This is a screenshot from the console app. There's an app on your Mac called console. And... Um, I, I, this was actually something interesting to learn. So if ever you are looking for crash reports that you've already dismissed, this will keep a history of them. And so you can actually read what the crash report is. So let's say if I did escalate this to Apple support, I could have, you know, provided these to them. And so I kept doing that. So here's, here's one where it shows the progress bar where I got hopeful. And look at that imported <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, 5,421 of 68,860 messages. And yeah. time remaining one minute. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Not. <laughs> I mean, it did actually go pretty quickly, but it failed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it didn't take one minute, but it didn't take really even five minutes, I don't think. So it was actually pretty quick. Um, they all say that. Okay, here's a screenshot that shows these were the files that I that I deleted in order to... Um, troubleshoot this. And oh, I wanted to, I said I was going to back up and I forgot what I was going to say before, which is that 
I know that you can just delete the account, but I did take the time to make a backup. So I took all of the mailbox folders that really did contain the messages, signatures, and all that kind of stuff. I basically took the whole entire um, library mail folder and I made a copy of it. You know, I had a copy of it from Time Machine Backup, from Super Duper Clone, but then I just took that whole folder and I copied it off to another external hard drive just so I'd have it but I didn't actually end up needing it anyway, but I just had it just, just in case. Um, I even went as so, so far as to go into Time Machine and restore some of the stuff, some of these individual pieces. Uh, so I'll tell you about that in a sec. Um, so those were the envelope index. There's envelope index, envelope, envelope index, hyphen SHM, hyphen WAL, and onward and onward. There's about one, two, three, four, five. So I kept just deleting these preference uh, there's some kind of there's some kind of a temporary or preference file I kept deleting these and that's what would get me back to the welcome mail message and that's what would get me back and then I could see you know then I thought okay now it's showing me something different now it's showing me which mailbox it's importing and then I, I started to really pay attention to where it was going to fail and I thought well maybe I can identify which one is the problem child and then I could just you know go take care of that one that didn't end up proving to be useful at all because it just it just crashed it you know it just quit at the end and it wouldn't let me launch it and it just kept doing that over and over again. Um, here is some of the screenshots I took from some helpful friends on Mastodon that were giving me some clues and I tried those. I even went into let's see this is the saved application state looking for that again and then it was gone and I couldn't even delete it after a while. Let's see, where did I get to the point? When you go to look in your mail folder, so you first you have to hold down the option key and then click the go menu. And then you can see your library folder in your user account. And when you go into the mail folder, it'll say V10, because I believe that's the version. And right. it'll give you this long, I wanna say it's like, um, I forget how many characters it is, but it'll give you this folder with a really long multi-digit uh, file uh, title name with hyphens in between. Those are the individual mailboxes, which are like, say, the Mac Mommy and my shared Gmail, for example. And, you know, so it would, it would get so far as to bring in one of them, but I didn't know which one. So that's another clue that wasn't really helpful. And then let's see, where did I go from there? Then I thought, okay, I've already booted into safe mode. I've deleted the plist files. I've, you know, tried to re-import the stuff. I thought, what else are they going to tell me to do? They're going to tell me to reinstall Sonoma. You do that, right? <laughs> so I did that. So I reinstalled Sonoma. And I thought, okay, this is for sure got to put things back because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to take things that got borked along the way and like put a fresh copy of them, you know, even with the latest version that came out. And I thought, okay, this should totally fix it. Like every step of the way, I thought, okay, this is going to be over soon, right? No, it still didn't work. It still didn't work. In fact, uh, another little PSA, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but while I was troubleshooting this yesterday, macOS Sonoma 14.3.1 came down the pike. And so I even applied that thinking, eh, you know, just maybe. Uh, it does say this update provides bug fixes for your Mac, including it says text may un unexpectedly duplicate or overlap while typing. And I have experienced this and I have another client who is just losing their ever loving mind over that is it's horrible to witness when it's happening. Um, they've even, even shown me screenshots. So I'm really, really fingers crossed hoping that this will fix that bug. I don't know if you've experienced it at all. Because you use Apple Mail, right? 
What does that mean, text my unexpectedly duplicator overlap while typing? Yeah, it's really weird. So um, in the case of one of my clients, it actually was, she would go to highlight something. I think she, I think, I think that they were doing the thing where, like, let's say you sent me an email about our, our notes today or something, and I wanted to reply to you, but I didn't want to include the whole message. I just wanted to select a certain area of the text. That's one mm-hmm. thing you can do. I think that might have been one thing they might have been doing, or... What probably is the case is, um, you know how some people will reply in line? Like there's there's two different kinds yeah. of reci- responders that I get. Some people will just start typing a paragraph and they'll address, you know, all the questions or everything that was in the previous email, you know, as, an, as an, a response, RE, just at the top. And then there are other people, and I do it both ways, depending on who I'm talking to, because most people are the first example. Then there's other people who really know how to use email, which is replying in line. So if someone is addressing issues, you can uh, reply to them, you know, by going down to their message and then putting in a carriage return and then start typing a response so that the message that they get back almost looks like a conversation. So like they said this, and then I said this in response, they said this, and then I said this in response. That particular client was doing it that way. And that's where she was getting into trouble. Now, this should not happen. And it didn't it did not happen before. But as she was trying to type in her responses, something was happening where like her cursor, she would go to highlight something or she would go to insert the cursor and it would start giving her text overlapping the text that she was typing and she couldn't see what she was typing. So and then I was having a similar problem where it wasn't overlapping the text over top, at least now I didn't see this in action, but this is how they they described it to me. But what I was having a problem was with I would be typing something and then all of a sudden I would lose what I typed because it was it's saving an auto draft as you as you're as you're composing your message or your response. It's drafting it. So if you were to look in the draft section, you know, I just happen to have it open because I had started a draft and I went back to it to go open it and finish my composition. And I could see that in the draft section, you know, like something out of the corner of my eye was was moving. And it's because it was auto saving the draft. Normally, you don't see that because you, you might not have the drafts mailbox in view, but I, I did at the time. And so I could tell that that's what was happening, that every time I was auto saving the draft, what it was doing was it was like yanking it away from me, so to speak, and showing me what I had previously typed like a minute prior. So I was losing my place. I'm like, what is going on? And my client also figured out they were having the same problem too on top of their other like overwriting issue. And the workaround was to just go to the drafts box and go and click on the one that was autosaved prior to what you were writing and you would get back what you had lost. So it was just a very convoluted way of just composing an email. That's all I wanted to do. I was even, both of us at one point in time, were just taking what we were typing and we would type it up in notes first and then copy and paste it to try to get ahead of that. But I mean, it was just, it was so bizarre. So I'm thinking, and and, and again, I was I was Googling this and I, I only found one person that were able to describe into words what we were experiencing. And it was on some other forum and nobody had really answered them. They were just kind of, it was just uh, crickets over there. So um, I only knew of three people that, that experienced this. But according to this, there must have been more. So I feel very validated in that, that no, we're not losing our minds and we don't have a virus and you know, our malware or something. That was the other thing I did. I ran a malware scan. I used uh, Clean My Mac X, which I love. And I used Malwarebytes and, you know, it didn't report anything. So it wasn't malware related. 
And then um, here's a screenshot that shows in my internet accounts, I just deleted the, uh, I deleted the, the Google accounts and I just left the iCloud because, you know, that was like the last holdout was like, I really didn't want to have to sign out of iCloud. Like, that's the kiss of death. Like, you don't mm. want to have to do that, right? Right. You know? and right. So as I'm explaining this, you can hear that I'm trying to do this very incrementally. I'm trying to do it with like the least amount of destruction possible. I didn't want to have to do, I was really like, I could have just like, well, Melissa, you have, you have backups. You're always telling us to backup, right? Well, yeah, I had backups. I had clones too. But the issue was that it was only mail. I wasn't having any other problems. I wasn't having any hardware issues. I wasn't having any other problem except for mail. And that to me just seemed like having to restore from a clone or restore from a time machine backup that may or may not be current. I mean, everything's an iCloud. It's not like I would really lose anything, but just on principle alone, I shouldn't have to do that. You know, I just, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have even had to reinstall the operating system just for one application, but I did because, you know, luckily that didn't really cause any pain. Um, and so then I got to a point where I was like, oh, I really don't want to have to sign out of iCloud and I really don't want to have to restore from a time machine backup and I really don't want to have to restore from a clone because I have two other accounts on this Mac. I have one for my husband because occasionally he uses it. Um, he's the family organizer, so I have to log into his account to do that kind of stuff. And then I have my developer account also on here. So I didn't want to have to like hose, you know, start those over, right? It, it just, it was more work than I was willing to do at the time. So then I finally did get to a point where I just could not take it anymore. <laughs> I just couldn't. Nothing was working. Nothing was working. And I knew darn well if I called Apple support, they would have told me, they would have told me all the things that I had already done. And I'm not saying I, I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all or anything. It's just I've been, I, this is not my first rodeo with with troubleshooting stuff, right, and triaging. And I knew that I knew what they would have told me to do. And then the last straw was they would have told me to create a new user account. Oh, because that, you know what, the, what, the clue that led me to knowing that that was the right way to go was because I thought, okay, is mail the application? Like, is it is this like a problem, you know, across all the accounts? Because like I said, I have three accounts. Well, I logged into each one of those accounts. Mail was fine. It was perfectly fine. So hmm. I was able to isolate this problem just to my own personal user account. So that's what led me down the path of like, well, let me just create another user account, right? Well, to do that, I thought, oh my God, I have like over a hundred gigs worth of photos in my user account. I didn't want to have to like re-download all of that stuff all over again. So this is where I started to kind of think outside the box a little bit because I do have another user account. I have my developer account. The first thing that I did was I, I thought, okay, what is going to be the biggest pain point here? What, what, what do I identify as going to be the, the biggest source of frustration? And it's going to be my photo library. Now, again, everything is backed up in the iCloud. I understand that. But just the sheer amount of gigs of data that I was going to have to push around, I wasn't sure like how that was going to turn out. So what I did was I gave myself in my own personal account, like it's just called, it's just called Melissa. So in my Melissa account, I gave myself read, write access to the photos folder in the user account for my developer account, which is called the Mac Mommy, okay? And when I did that, I just took my entire photos library and I dragged it over, essentially moving it from one user account to the other user account. Does that make sense? It mm -hmm. didn't have to copy, it moved it. So I didn't have to wait for a, a right. progress bar or anything. So that like preserved my 120 gigs of, of, I, of photos data, okay? 
I'm not exactly sure why it's so large because I do have optimized Mac turned on. So that's another another research project for another time. In fact, it's actually still restoring from iCloud in, in, in behind the scenes here. So that still remains to be seen. I mean, I can open up my photos library and I can get to all my photos and nothing's missing that I know of, uh, but it's still something I'm going to be researching. That's like the last frontier. So I did that. I thought, okay, that's the biggest pain point. What's the next pain point? The next pain point was going to be signing out of iCloud and disabling Find My Mac and you know all that stuff. And I thought, okay, so I documented everything. I made sure that because the ultimate goal was going to be was I was going to delete my Melissa user account and create a new one. Um, and that was the other problem too, was I really didn't want to have to type. <laughs> this is so terrible and lazy. In order to create a new account, I couldn't just create a new account called Melissa because, it would, you know, it says there's an account with this name already that exists. You can't do that. So I had to figure out a way to make my currently problem account unique enough so what I did was I went in and I changed my home folder and I just added a D on the end of it for my last name. I just put Melissa D. So now I have a, a, a currently corrupted Melissa D uh, user account, right? And I, I backed up or I documented, I took screenshots of everything, made sure that everything was in iCloud before I signed out. All my screenshots, um, how I had my doc set up, how I had my Finder windows set up, because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to reconfigure everything, which is, you know, I do this stuff in my sleep. It's not that big of a deal. It's just time consuming. And, it, I, and I was just mm -hmm. thinking about everything I was going to have to go through. And but, you know, I'm taking one for the team, right? So I, I'm willing to, oh, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the whole Apple community. <laughs> so after I changed my user, my home user account uh, folder name to make it something unique so that I could recreate another Melissa one and not like yell at me. Uh, let's see. So I moved my folders. I backed up all my stuff in iCloud, or at least I made sure because you know how you have like a downloads folder and you have, well, I've created another downloads folder in iCloud. So I moved everything out of the local, you know, I was, I was looking for everything local, you know, in your home folder, there's, there's things like, you know, if you use photo booth, if you use, um, like I had a couple of videos that I had stored right. in those local yep. folders, those are not in iCloud, you know what I mean? So once I, I, I was looking at everything that I was going to lose if I was to just delete this user account. And so that's what I did. So I started squirreling all that stuff out of there. There wasn't a whole lot. And I documented it. I kind of took notes as to how I had things set up and knowing I was going to forget something along the way. I mean, even, you know, your finder window, like I have, I have my, my toolbar customized and I have all my columns set up, all that stuff. So I did all of that stuff. And um, let me see if I can show you on my hard drive here. So I still do have that folder, but you see now I have a Melissa and a Melissa D. Yeah. So those are my, so I have a Melissa, Melissa D. I have a shared folder. I have one for my husband and I have one for my business. And what I was able to do was preserve that folder there. So it's like I have a Calibre library. I already backed that up, but just in case I was, you know, just in case I forgot anything. Plus, like I still haven't put back um, the Google Drive or the, I think there's also a Microsoft Cloud Drive or something. So that just kind of remind me of what I still need to go back and do. So then once I was able to do that, then I signed out of iCloud and I was like, oh God, and I just like crossed my fingers and like hope that I can get everything back. Again, take them on for the team. And I logged out of that account. I made my other account an administrator, which is actually just a, a tip is when you have multiple user accounts, it's, it's a security recommendation that your main 
home folder that you operate in daily, like your daily driver, uh, home user account, that really should be a standard account. And you should have another user account set up that is admin. And it's just, all it does is really, um, it kind of protects you in case you were to ever be fished for information. It kind of just makes you stop and think, wait, why Why am I having to log into my admin? Why, why do I have to log in with my admin credentials? It just makes you stop and think a little bit. It's like It's like giving yourself a speed bump. Because if you just have, if you're just operating an admin all the time, there's, you know, there's a little bit of a higher liability that something could go wrong because you're you're a super admin, basically. So I, I did that. So when I created my account, I made sure that it was a standard. I had my developer account as an admin because that's what I do with testing. And that's why I can kind of like rescue myself from myself. And so um, let's see. So then I was able to go into my admin account and create a whole new user account. But this time, because I had named my 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 old corrupted user account, Melissa D, I was able to once again call it just Melissa. So I only have to type in my name. You know, it just makes it more efficient to log into, right? You with me so far? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm here. So I created the home. I created the whole new user account. I, I signed back into iCloud. I resynced everything. There was like a couple of messages that are kind of a little off, but, you know, overall, not too bad. And so that's where I'm podcasting from now. I'm, I'm in my, my new user account. Um, most everything is, is there. I haven't seen too many things that are missing. I feel a little bit discombobulated, like my doc still isn't quite how I had it. But actually, you know, it's good to do this once in a while. I mean, not not get into trouble, not have not murder your mail application. But you know, it's good to reevaluate things is what I'm saying. You know, I had a bunch of things on my sidebar that eh, I really just didn't need there. So I kind of cleaned that up. Um, and I did have to re-enter, like, for example, Piezo is what I'm using to record. I had to re-enter the license for that. Um, but most everything seems to be where it needs to be. And eventually I can just delete this, this old corrupted folder. And, you know, I've been demonstrating with you and, and so far, knock on wood, mail has been working. And so far mail's been working. You see, see I yeah. was looking a few things up. Mm-hmm. When you click on something in mail, it'll have a question mark, so it'll open up mail help. Mm. And it said if you delete a mailbox, it's gone. Like, see ya. Mm -hmm. It's going to be gone. However, with favorites, favorites is more of an alias Mm -hmm. than it is an actual mailbox. Correct. But even, even if you deleted it, because it's an IMAP server, it should just automatically repopulate, like mm-hmm. you have been saying. Right. So that's that's just the strange thing about everything. Yeah, there's a whole world of um, when you, I call it the server side of things, but for example, I use Google, I use a combination of iCloud and Google. Um, I kind of I live in both ecosystems, the Google ecosystem and the Apple ecosystem. And I, you know, they, they talk to each other. So my... I have an iCloud email account that I use for personal things, and then I use Google for business. And then my husband and I share a Google account that we use for like all the kids' school things and stuff like that. And that's configured on both, you know, all of our all of our uh, machines, all of our devices, so that we see all the same stuff. But I do not use Google's. Um, let me see if I can show you when I log in. I do not use Google's way of doing things. Like they call what we call mailboxes that look like folders, what we call um, mailboxes, they call labels. And 
so you can set up your labels. So see, for example, here is my, my business account, but in the Gmail web interface. And all of these things on the left, they're known as labels. Yeah. But in mail, they're called mailboxes. And so Google has, like over here, if you click where it says more or less, um, you can click more and then stars, it shows you stars, news, important, all mail categories. I do not use their categories. I just have, I mean, there are things in there, but I just ignore those. I only use what's in the inbox. I have seen people get into trouble relying just upon these things and then trying to use a mail client with it. You kind of have to be like all in on Google to do that because it's called social updates, forums, promotions. Yeah, and I have mine turned off too. I I, yeah. I hate Gmail's interface. Right, My I do too. uses Gmail on the web. I can't stand it. Yeah, I can't either. And, you know, I just figure like, I'll use Gmail as a service because it is robo robust and it does do a good job of filtering spam and you know, it's, it's what, 15 gigs for free, whereas like back in the day when you signed up for Apple, even still, you only get five gigs for free. So when I would start people out with an iCloud account, I would say, well, and I, and I would still do this, if they're, if they're not committed to paying the monthly fee for iCloud and they just want to remain with the five gigabyte plan, then use Gmail as your email service and don't, you know, don't use iCloud because it'll count against your storage. And so that's, you know, how, how I've been doing it. But over in settings, um, there's in the labels section of settings. Now I'm talking about in Gmail. If you're in Gmail and you click on the gear in the upper right, and then you go to settings and then click on labels, they're called the inbox, starred, snood, important, sent, scheduled, drafts, all mail, spam, and trash. Those are considered system labels. Then the other things that I mentioned, the categories, social updates, forums, promotions, those are what's known as categories. And then everything else that you create personally are called labels. And that's what shows up in mail app as folders or, or mailboxes. They're called mailboxes, but they look like folders. <laughs> and then in this section is where you can show and hide whether or not you see it in the message list. So for example, if I didn't want to see this reviews, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, let's say I didn't, I didn't need this anymore, I could just click hide. And then over on my client in Apple Mail, it would then no longer show up there, it still exists, I could still even have things filtering to it, by way of, you know, setting up filters, and that's under filters, and blocked addresses, I could still have things filtered to that. And that's another thing in Gmail, they're called filters. In mail, mail app, Apple mail app, they're called rules. And that's something I'm going to be researching because I did see some kind of synchronization. But I know, for example, uh, someone told me that in Microsoft Outlook, they're also called rules there. When you set up a rule that says, okay, every time Elisa emails me something, put it in the Elisa folder, or, you know, don't you bypass my in folder and put it in our podcasting folder, for example, like I could do that. If I do it in Gmail, it's called a filter. And I could do it in mail app on the Mac and it's called a rule. But the problem I see right now, and again, this could be, I still need to research this because I saw something when I was digging around. Uh, when you set up a rule in the mail app, it only exists on the Mac and 
if you want that to trickle over to your iPhone, your iPad, for example, let's say, Elisa, you emailed me, I have a rule set up on my Mac and only my Mac that says when Elisa emails me, make it purple and put it in, you know, bypass the inbox, put it right in the podcast mailbox folder. <laughs> uh, it would not do that on my iPhone if you emailed me while my laptop was turned off or closed or, you know, in sleep mode, because the Mac has to be doing that. And then it synchronizes that rule or that, that that action that the rule performed to your iPhone. But the rule itself, so far as I know, I don't think rules synchronize like they do in Outlook. So for example, I was told I haven't practiced this yet, but I see where it could happen. In the Outlook app for Mac, you can set up rules with your Outlook account with your Microsoft 365, and it will synchronize to all your other devices set up that way, including your iPhone. But I don't know, I, I think that it's the way it's supposed to work is like, let's say you wanted to use Mail, Apple Mail and Outlook side by side to compare the two to see which one you wanted to use that you like better. I think it sounds like in theory, you could set up a rule in Microsoft Outlook in the Mail client and it would synchronize and say, okay, Elisa, she emailed me, bypass the inbox, put it in the podcast folder. And it would perform that same action across your Mac in Apple Mail and your iPhone in Apple Mail. That's the way I believe that it works. But again, that's something I want to test out. But yeah, so there's just all this vernacular <laughs> and the different providers use different vernacular, different terms for it all. But you can get them to talk together if you know what which strings to tug on and which which boxes to check and how to set things up. So like right now I'm showing all my filters. So I set this up at the Gmail level and then it takes care of it in the Apple Mail client on my Mac and in the Apple Mail client on my iPhone. Do you do okay, any of this now, stuff? No, I don't do rules. But I opened up Mail User Guide and it says change rule settings on Mail on Mac. Mm -hmm. And it says, um, if you use iCloud Drive, your rules are available on your other Mac computers. Yeah, okay. That have iCloud Drive turned on and Mail selected in iCloud Drive options. Mm-hmm. Files attached to rules such as sound files or scripts aren't available. So it doesn't say anything about iPhone or iPad, but I, I, I don't know if you would say that's ambiguous or not, because we Just have <laughs> our phone. Well, we have your, you have your phone and your iPad in iCloud Drive so that right. Right. it works, you know, with each other. But this specifically says Mac computers yeah yeah um hmm yeah i i have not uh i have not seen that that it works with iphone yet because i mean i have let's see i have some mail if i go to my preferences and my mail settings rather and i go to my rules i do have a couple of Mails of uh, rules. They're not active, but for example, oh, see, here's something that I have to make active. Like whenever I go to get fuel, uh, we use Sam's Club out here. And so when I go to get fuel, it emails me a receipt. If my husband gets fuel, I have it set when it, when it comes from his account, his Sam's Club card or whatever, um, it'll change it to green. And when it's mine, of course, it's going to be purple. And it moves it into a receipts folder. 
So let's see if I have those rules set up. Yeah, it's, it's hard to test because I have my Mac open and I have my iPhone open, but I don't, I have not seen it do it where unless if I would have to be in a situation where that Sam's Club receipt would come through while I was looking at my iPhone and I didn't have my Mac on at the time and, and see if it worked that way. I mean, we would have to like, we would have, you and I would have to play around with it. That's a, that's a test we can do where mm. we set up a rule for each other and then we, we say, okay, go. <laughs> and then watch what it does on the iPhone. But I'm, my theory is that it's not syncing to the iPhone unless the Mac is open at the time, which, you know, if Apple can do it, then Apple should do it, you know? But the future isn't here yet, maybe. So that, that'll be something that I'll be watching for. Cause I mean, that would be a really, really cool feature. Cause then I wouldn't have to go into, I wouldn't have to go into Gmail and, and, mess around with it in there so anyway so those are my adventures um do you have any other do you have any questions or thoughts or oh no i'm emotionally drained right, right. now so. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's a lot it's a lot i don't know who's going to want to listen to this seriously like as i'm just going to put everybody to sleep so welcome to my asmr channel <laughs> we're talking about mail and how it died and how i resurrected it from the dead <laughs> well, hopefully next time we get together to chat, this problem will just be a bad memory. Yeah. We'll be able Everything to laugh about fixed. it. <laughs> and we'll have something more fun to talk about because yeah. I did order a smart thermostat that I'm you waiting did. to arrive. Which one? So <laughs> I actually ended up ordering the Amazon brand. Really? Okay. Because well. it was being offered on my... Uh, electric company website for $5. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I said, About you know, time. and I kept going back and forth and back and forth because I read some really horrible reviews on them. But then I read some really good ones. And I was watching a lot of YouTube videos of these various technology people who review all different kinds of things, you know, thermostats and, and just everything, television. That's the way to do it. And they were, they were, showing us like how do you install it and how do you get it activated in the app and it does this and it does this and i thought you know something for five bucks mm -hmm. worst case scenario we hate it we take it down we put, put the, the old, old one, one back, back up yeah we're we're entitled to two thermostats a year from the electric company mm -hmm. so hmm. i can always order something else so I thought, what the heck? And yeah. it costs $5 plus $5 to ship it. I'm like, I spent just as much to ship it as yeah, I did to yeah. buy it. But I mean, we're talking 10 bucks. And then I know that you don't do it, but I wonder what's going to push you over the edge to the point where you'll start saying, hey, a lady, set the temperature to, you know. Well, that's whatever. the plan. Oh, you are going to use it. Oh, so you are going to oh, yeah, talk that's into the your plan house? Because I'm oh. also going to be ordering a new Echo Show. <laughs> All right. The Echo Show I have now is the version 5, and I've had it for four years. I bought it November, I think it was, November of 2019, paid like 35 bucks for it. Uh-huh. It's the problem is the it's not really a problem, it's just more of an annoyance. It the home screen flashes a lot. Hmm. And it's really annoying. Is it a refresh rate type flash? Yeah, that kind of a thing, yeah. but I don't think that's the problem. Okay. It's just flashes a lot janky so we said yeah we don't this is annoying so i can get an echo show eight for ninety dollars amazon will give me twenty dollars to return the other one and i'll get ten percent back on my amazon visa hmm. but you know something that's a pretty good deal 
for that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be so much better. I was watching a bunch of those videos too. And from what I've watched on these YouTube videos, the people who have the Alexa, I'm sorry, the yeah, the Alexa, uh, the Amazon thermostat, they set things up in the app, but they don't really go into the app. They will just say, hey, a lady, increase the temperature two degrees, decrease the temperature two degrees, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So I'm like, okay. So what are you going to be using the Echo Show for primarily? We use it. Mo- we use it ninety five percent for music. Okay. Yeah. You know, in the morning in our previous house, you know, we're coming up on a year living here. I cannot believe that. Wow, that went but fast. It, Holy I did, did. Wow. In the previous house, Tom would come downstairs, eat his breakfast. He'd have on ESPN. Then I would come down to eat breakfast, and I'd turn the TV on, and ESPN would be on, and I switch it to Good Morning America. <laughs> now. We don't turn the TV on. We have not watched ESPN or Good well, Morning America in the morning since we've moved in. We just, <laughs> I just say, hey, hey, lady, Sirius XM, and it goes, 70s on 7 on Sirius XM. And that's what we do. We listen to that, and sometimes that's on for four hours before one of us turns it off. So when you get this, our next episode, tune in next time for our next episode called Hashtag Retired Life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bigger screen, so it's very possible that maybe I can watch a, a movie or a TV show while I'm washing dishes or cooking or something yeah, right yeah. there instead of having to turn on the TV or the or the iPad. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Options. Options are good. We, we like options. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, t- I tell Tom I'm going to buy it and he just rolls his eyes and says, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's my next question. I, I want to find out next time we talk, will, will Tom be talking to the house and bossing the thermostat around? He does. He does. He does. Oh, he okay. does as far as the lights when he yeah. goes out. I mean, it's been too cold to go out into the the sunroom, but he has done yeah. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. turn the lights on or off, and he he's like, "Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so does guess mine. what I did today? So I just told mine. the A lady to turn on the lights." I'm like, I'm so proud. You tell so him that that Melissa is so proud of him. That I've told him that he just, he just <laughs> guess what I did. Next thing so. he'll be saying, "Tell Melissa what I did." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Melissa, if anybody wants to get in touch, how would they do so? We have a variety of ways. I don't have my notes in front of me, but let's see how it goes. We have our website, which is geekiestshowever.com. There's a contact Mm -hmm. tab you can click, and that'll send us an email. Please do that. You can email us. Our email address is podcast at geekiestshowever.com. And let's see, what else we have? We have social media. I think we're on social Mm -hmm. media, right? Where are we at social media-wise? On Mastodon, we are at Kikia Show Ever at techhub.social. I am at Sensei Dai at mastodon.social. Melissa is all over social media as The Mac Mommy, or you can go to her website, themacmommy.com. So with that, I want to say thank you so much for listening. We will be back again in a few weeks. And until then, please stay safe. 